Women who are in their 50s, 60s, still currently working, they may be in that sandwich generation, taking care of you know mom or dad and still caring for their children. How do I eat healthy on the go and trying to just deal with life um, right. and work-life right. balance? Oh goodness, um, so right. just making healthier choices on the go. That's, That's a great awesome. point, Courtney. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of that and also even a lot of multi-generational households where our participants are caring for their grandkids inside the home. So they're cooking for their busy working kids and their busy active <laughs> grandkids. So I'm seeing a lot of that as well. And that kind of ties in with the National Nutrition Month theme beyond the table. So maybe the traditional American family isn't sitting at the table every single night, but how can we maintain a healthy lifestyle, whether it's on the go or at restaurants or in social situations. So I really like that theme because the American family has definitely changed and not everyone's sitting around the dinner table. Every That's true. Night. It's on the go. Hey family, welcome to Hoko Community Chat. It is March and we are taking off with huge celebrations of both Women's History Month and National Nutrition Month. But if you missed the podcast last month, go back and grab it. We focused on our location for taping where we are all the time, which is the Harriet Tubman Cultural Center here in Columbia, Maryland. Lots of history we shared with you. And for today, just know we are surrounded by lots of little ones enjoying the space. So if you hear laughter and giggles and screams and joy, that's where we are. So I am excited to get started. I am Jackie Scott, your host, and we are going to talk about National Nutrition Month, and we're going to explore what does nutrition really mean? What does it mean? Does it mean another diet, another shot, just losing weight, lowering your sugar intake, eating those three square meals a day? Well, we have lots of conversation for you about how to demystify what nutrition really means. Our experts today are from the Office on Aging and Independence and our health and wellness manager, Courtney Harangonzo. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you, Jackie. So glad that you're here to join us for this conversation. And nutritionist Carmen Roberts, who works with us, and she's going to share a wealth of information. Welcome, Carmen. Thank you. So glad that you're both here. So we are going to jump right in. So Carmen, I want to just demystify what it means to be in good health, what does nutrition really mean? We see so much on TV, right? You Now you can take a shot for this and get healthy and lose weight, or all you have to do is, you know, do what's on TikTok and you'll be good. The next thing in the blender, all that stuff. What is really the definition of nutrition? That's an excellent question. If you actually went to the dictionary and looked up the definition of nutrition, you would see that nutrition is defined as the process of providing food that's necessary for health and growth. So that means many different things throughout the life cycle. Young people, really nutrition is all about growth and development and thriving. As we reach our middle-aged years, we're really focused on nutrition as kind of maintaining our health. As you mentioned, many people are, might be focused on maintaining a healthy weight or preventing chronic diseases such as diabetes and high blood pressure. But as we approach our older years, 
Sometimes nutrition is really focused on maintaining or rebuilding. So an example could be someone recovering from cancer treatment or someone who's lost weight after surgery. So in my mind, helping someone achieve adequate nutrition is really a unique and individual process. But I really look at nutrition as being something that's built from the inside and out. We might look at someone and look at their weight or, as you mentioned, what state they're on or what latest diet they're following. But when I'm talking to one of our participants, it's really more about what is going to help them thrive in their older years and really how they feel. So I think nutrition is just one part of someone's health and well-being. That's really interesting. So as a nutritionist, what is your role? Because, you know, there's health coaches, there's health and wellness coaches, there's nutritionists, there's all these dietitians. How do people distinguish what you do as a nutritionist from all those other things? I am a registered dietitian. So registered dietitians or RDs, we are trained in not only the food science and the therapeutic nutrition, but also counseling. And we can also address people's physical needs in terms of like they may have mobility issues or exercise limitations. So all of these things are part of their wellness and ability to feed themselves. My role in the county really revolves around not only disseminating accurate information to the public. For example, maybe you see something in a magazine. Well, I help them kind of debunk some of those myths. I present it in formats, including a large group format, such as a presentation on a hot topic in nutrition, such as weight loss or superfoods or cancer prevention. But I also provide one-on-one nutrition counseling. So I'm actually certified to do that. And what that really entails is taking someone's unique individual health and nutritional needs and helping them use nutrition, food to actually promote good health. Sometimes it's more of a therapeutic intervention like diabetes counseling. And sometimes it's just helping people just stay healthy into their older years. That's a lot, right? So on a (laughs) daily basis, that is a lot. But what I really hear, which is so exciting, is that you spend a lot of time with people tailoring things to who they are in their lifestyle and seeing them as a whole person, right? And when you think about that, Courtney, then I think about your work. I think about your office and your role. So can you say a little bit about how you as the manager overall for a unit focused on health and wellness, how do you work with people and what do you all do in the community on behalf of making sure people are healthy and nutritious? We as a division try to promote healthy aging. We aim to slow the functional decline as people age. We also promote longevity and really focusing on individuals with chronic conditions. So when I think of older adults, I know that older adults are disproportionately affected by chronic conditions. We know that 95% have at least one chronic condition and 80% have at least two or more. So at the end of the day, we are looking for programs and initiatives to help older adults live longer, stay healthy, and become better self-managers. I think Carmen's role is extremely critical. We really try to embrace that no wrong door approach where she may meet one-on-one with a newly diagnosed individual with diabetes, and she's able to make that referral into our chronic disease self-management class or our diabetes self-management class. And I think that that's extremely critical, kind of a wraparound service. 
Well, that's interesting that you mentioned that. And I'd love for both of you to share a little bit about this thought of food as medicine. And so I know, Courtney, oftentimes people are listening to us from right here in Howard County, but they're also all over the state and literally all over the world, our data tells us. And so they're looking for models. And so what about food as medicine? You've done things like create medically tailored meals and interventions that help people with chronic disease management and honestly prevention. Like if you can prevent getting hypertension or diabetes, that's all the better, right? And so there's intervention and prevention. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then Carmen, about how you all work together in serving clients in that area? Sure. So we have a pilot that's currently going on, and it's for individuals who live in Howard County, 60 plus, who are diagnosed with a chronic disease, diabetes, heart disease, heart failure, kidney disease. They must be homebound to to participate in the program and must have limited access to food or difficulty preparing their meals. So once a week, there are six entrees that are delivered to an individual's home. They have the option to select from a heart-healthy, friendly diet or diabetic-friendly, kidney-friendly. Participants are screened by our Maryland Access Point specialists to enter into the program, and it's all donation-based. So one of the things we've been able to do is really kind of live into like focusing on folks with chronic conditions. I'm hoping from this pilot that we show improved quality of life, that folks are better able to manage their chronic condition, that we're reducing food insecurity. So we'll see what comes out of this pilot program, but I think it's here to stay. That's awesome. What about you, Carmen? How are you working within this program and and other ways to help people who are dealing with chronic conditions? I think one great program that our county offers is our congregate meal program. All of our six 50-plus centers have lunchtime congregate meals. So this is a time where anyone can come and be served a hot, delicious meal and have the chance to socially interact with others. One thing that I find with working with older adults is it's not that they don't know what to do. It's just sometimes they've lost the lack of interest or ability to do this. So the congregate meal program is a wonderful way to just get our participants together, get them talking, and it limits some of the barriers. Some of our participants really have limited access to food. It could be because they're unable to go shopping by themselves. It could be income. It could just be living alone. And so one of the things of our congregate meal programs that really is important is that It's a social program as well. So during that time, I walk around and visit our participants during mealtime and just kind of see what they're talking about. They may be sharing ideas that they read on the news about weight loss. It could just be maybe they just don't know how to cook for one person anymore because they're living alone. So that's a great time for us to kind of capture a larger group and see what I can provide from them in terms of nutrition information. But the Congregate Meal Program is tailor-made for really to be kind of heart-healthy for everyone. So it's a wonderful program that we have at all our 50-plus centers. Well, it's interesting that you hit on some of the barriers that people feel like, I can't afford it, nutrition, it feels so complicated because the food is expensive or I have to buy special things that are not readily available at my supermarket. And it can be 
challenging for people to really engage. And sometimes they get disconnected from feeling like they can really take control over their health. I used to work a lot with community health workers in the South, and they would go into areas of the Delta to try to deal with diabetes and hypertension in populations. And they would leave really feeling like, how do we give people hope who don't have a lot? It wasn't that people didn't want to be healthy. Like, we have to demystify that, right? We have to say everybody is trying their best. But if you are in poverty or you just have limited mobility and you can't get to, or you're in a food desert, right? right? How do you teach people to really feel a sense of ownership around their health and appreciate where they are. And I'll give you a specific example. In an effort to, we encountered a family in an effort to cut down on the fried foods, they were buying lots of tuna fish and canned things. Well, they couldn't figure out then why their blood pressure was still going up because they didn't realize just how much sodium was in those cans, right? And so it just all came down to teaching people how they can do things with food to lessen or use the right spices or make sure that they're purchasing something and reading the labels to understand the labels. So are there ways that you work with people and you help them demystify and feel like they can really take ownership over their health? I think our community presentations and presentations in the center are a great way that we can actually capture a larger audience to educate them. And I think that once people are in a room together and they realize that they have a common bond of maybe, you know, they're managing hypertension and maybe the person next to them is managing hypertension for a loved one. We do a lot of presentations that involve hands-on demonstrations, whether it's cooking demonstrations, food samplings. We have a program called Tasty Tidbits where our nutrition specialists do a quick and easy meal. I think that once that they realize it's not that hard, for some people, cooking, shopping, those kind of things just seem overwhelming, especially if they're living with a chronic condition. So our role is really to show them that there is a quick and easy way to do it and that their health is really the most important product of that work. So I do think we have a lot of programs that really emphasize that. That's awesome. So Courtney, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that whole piece of cooking and teaching people in a county like ours that is so diverse, right? We have so many different populations here in our county, but, you know, in our state, in our country, right? And so how do we work with people to make sure that we are culturally inclusive, that we are reaching diverse demographics, and we are helping to appreciate the wealth of different foods out there and how to cook them and the spices and understanding just how important a meal is in so many cultures, right? Sharing a meal together is so important. We get our marketing materials, Jackie, translated in multiple languages is the first thing, as well as we have Korean meals served at Bain on Mondays that people can participate in a Korean meal. And Bain is one of our 50 plus centers. Yep. And in addition to that, we have a restaurant initiative where we partner with local restaurants in Howard County 
that serve diverse populations. So we may partner with a Korean restaurant, an Indian restaurant, a Caribbean restaurant, a Chinese restaurant. And that allows individuals to try different types of cuisines that they normally may have not been privy to. So that is super popular within our 50 plus centers. In addition to just expanding, we now have better quality vegetarian meal options. We were seeing a large Indian population come to our North Laurel site who were requesting that. So we we decided to get another provider on board to be able to serve vegetarian meal options as well. So variety is the key, right? And variety anybody can participate, Absolutely. right? Anybody. They can come in, mm-hmm. they can learn how to cook, they can learn how to use seasonings from different cultures, and then they can try out the foods. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's awesome. That also builds community. Right. That is awesome. The thing too, Jackie, is there's a very successful model that we've been doing, pairing our health promotion program with a congregate meal. So, you know, I mentioned our chronic disease self-management program throughout those six weeks, we pair that with a congregate meal. So the principles that we learn in class, it really coincides with the meal as well. And that's been a successful model. That's awesome. Such a wealth of information. So as we wind up, I can't believe our time has gone by so fast. This is Women's History Month, another celebration that's happening in the month of March. Are there any things around nutrition and wellness that you both are finding that are so important as people are coming in, participating, and they're inquiring about women's health and wellness? Carmen, any things that you want to share? I think some common questions that I'm getting from my female participants, um, obviously everyone's usually concerned about maintaining a healthy weight as they age, but what most of them don't realize is right around the age of 70, protein needs actually increase as well as calcium needs. So I find that really talking about changing kind of the demographic of their diet, if that makes sense. So bone health, maintaining healthy bones throughout later in life is really a big thing that we, we hear a lot about. And also just really just how the role of someone changes, particularly females, as they get older. Um, Typically, they were providers and raising families, and now many of them are living alone and cooking maybe for just one or two. I'm finding cooking and providing and entertaining was a real part of their lives. So really trying to work with them to still embrace their love of cooking and nourishing and just kind of getting past that. You might not have to cook for 20 people today, but you're cooking for one or two. And how can that achieve a healthy balance for them as well? So it's a lot of the more psychological aspect of nutrition and well-being and cooking that I'm seeing with a lot of the women that I see. Yeah, I never even thought about that sort of changing around the psychology of cooking. How about you, Courtney? Anything for women's yeah, health? Yeah, um, Carmen, wellness? I would just add to women who are in their 50s, 60s, still currently working. They may be in that sandwich generation, taking care of you know mom or dad and still caring for their children. How do I eat healthy on the go? And trying to just deal with life um, right. and work-life right. balance. Oh goodness, um, so right. just making healthier choices on the go. That's That's a great point, Courtney. I'm seeing a lot of that. And also even a lot of multi-generational households where our participants are caring for their grandkids inside the home. So they're cooking for their busy working kids and their 
busy, active grandkids. <laughs> so I'm seeing a lot of that as well. And that kind of ties in with the National Nutrition Month theme beyond the table. So maybe the traditional American family isn't sitting at the table every single night, but how can we maintain a healthy lifestyle, whether it's on the go or at restaurants or in social situations? So I really like that theme because the American family has definitely changed and not everyone's sitting around the dinner table every That's single true. night. It's on yeah. the go, really, yep, right? It, is. it really is. Well, thank you both for such an important and informative conversation. So before we go, how can people find out more? Carmen, do you have website information you want to share? I would say contact their local 50 plus center to inquire information about our nutrition education classes, our one-on-one counseling. That would be great. And we'll make sure in the show notes will be a link to the website. And also maybe we'll drop a tip or two in those links in the show notes, along with maybe even a recipe or something, something good for folks when they go take a look and listen to this. Um, Well, thank you so much to both of you for coming and sharing this information for us. And I am making a commitment to eat healthier, and not be eating on the go all the time. So speaking of commitments, I told you in the beginning that we had two big topics this month, and we have a second treat for you. March is also Women's History Month. So we're going to be dropping a second episode celebrating Women's History Month in just a couple of weeks. So we want you to stay tuned and to be on the lookout for it because each year Women's History Month picks a theme and it's determined by the National Women's History Project. The theme for 2024 is celebrating women who advocate for equity, diversity, and inclusion. The objective, ha, is to honor the achievements of women, both past and present, who have played a significant role in bringing about change in their respective fields. And we know that we have a lot of women here in Howard County that we could celebrate. And we're just beginning that conversation with our trailblazing guest, our former director of the Office of Minority Health and Health Disparities, Dr. Carlicia Hussein, will be with us. She is now a health equity consultant and a philanthropist at Opportunity and Health for All. Wait until you hear our conversation. We had a wonderful time talking about her journey, her career, her achievements, and she drops a little wisdom for each of us throughout this conversation. Here's a little teaser for you. There was no more fight. It was a nice article in the newspaper where I, uh, they showed me that I came in and managed the boys who were acting ugly. <laughs> I could see that. I could see you getting them in check really quickly, too. And everybody benefits. See, there's a way we all can benefit in things. It is, yeah. But it takes uh, the female type, because we think of family and groups, and not just of uh, putting one uh, human out there. So, and, and after that, I... Uh, 
got, was, uh, got involved in, in uh, D.C. government and worked in, in the uh, hospital there. Be ready, get ready, stay tuned for this great conversation. But if you want to take the conversation live and you want to network and interact with a lot of wonderful women throughout Howard County, we invite you to an in-person event in Howard County sponsored by the Commission for Women. It's their annual free brunch celebrating Women who advocate for equity, diversity, and inclusion. Yes, the brunch is free and open to the public, but you must register. The commission is gathering at the Bain 50 Plus Center in Columbia, Maryland on Saturday, March 16th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Register now, space is limited, but it is going to be the place to be. For details, go to the Commission for Women's Facebook page at Hoco CFW. Again, that's Hoco CFW. And we'll make sure we put this in our show notes. You can go there for more information. So as we end up today, I want to give a big shout out and thank you again for listening with us and for our guest. And of course, I cannot forget my producer, Chris Oviedo, who hosts also for us, Hoco Community Chat in Espanol. It's a podcast which mirrors many of the same topics that we talk about here. So please, by all means, check it out and pass it along. And a thank you to our communications manager, Lisa Coster, and our musical talent producer, who is Joseph Ross. He created this wonderful theme that you hear now and in the beginning and end of each of our podcasts. So a huge shout out to you, Joseph. We encourage you to stay in touch and keep the conversation going. Remember, you can always email us at any time. And we are at community resources at howardcountymd.gov. Or you can sign up also there for our newsletters at the Department of Community Resources and Services. And follow us on all things social media. Our social media handle is at Hoco Community across all socials. Thank you so much for joining us. Keep the conversation going and stay tuned.